Welcome to Arate Today, the place where personal development meets personal responsibility and you are encouraged to reach your highest human potential. Jen Pipe is a multi-passionate entrepreneur and lifelong learner on a mission to positively impact the world through the powerful combination of community and creativity. Her main goal is to be better each day than she was the day before, and she is sharing her knowledge so you can do the same. So don't wait for things to happen. Go out and make them happen. It's time for you to be the intentional creator of your life with your butt in the driver's seat and your foot on the gas. Now, buckle your seatbelts because we're about to go for one hell of a ride. Oh my goodness. Hi everybody. It's Jen Pipe and I cannot believe that it's been probably a little bit more than two weeks since my last podcast. Um, there's been so much going on here, and I guess if I can sort of look at it, I've I've been more living my life and, and working my life instead of talking about my life. <laughs> so in many ways, that's a good thing. There's been, um, in, the, in these parts, there's been a lot of yin and yang, too, so a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of steps forward, some steps backward. Um, most recently, we lost a really great family friend to cancer, and um, it's been a devastating loss, particularly for her family and for my husband's family. Um, but then, you know, on the upside of that, then, you know, a couple days later, I got to spend an afternoon with a dozen elementary school kids and, and just witnessing their kindness and watching how it unfurls when you give them the space to just be good, decent human beings. And so the message around that is that the beauty's there. So even in sadness, there's beauty there. You just have to be open and you have to be willing to look for it. In terms of today's episode, this is shaping up to be a really powerful one. It will be a really informative one, and it's probably going to be a really lengthy one. So you may want to save space for this. Um, you know, sometimes I can wrap them up quickly, sometimes not so much. But I think today, because there's so much information and it's so topical and so relevant, that I'm going to need some space to create this in the best way possible for you. So... I was actually planning on sitting on this episode. Like I have a notebook that has a list of things that I plan on podcasting about and bringing to you via iTunes. And I was going to sit on this one and wait until like, you know, end of August, maybe early September when the kids were starting to go back to school. Um, I know that in many parts, some schools are already out for the year and many are gearing up to be released for the summer. And so I was going to kind of let this one slide and, and, talk about other topics until I could get this one back on the docket. But based on feedback from some of my current middle school students and the children that I'm working with, um, some local parents that I know, and also an abundance of things I'm seeing on social media, I realized over the course of the past couple of days that the time is now and this one really can't wait. So I'm bringing it to you without any further ado. Um, so what I want to do is I'm going to put a topic out on the table today that's often incorrectly lumped into one massive category, but instead it should be really divided up into three distinct buckets. Today we're going to talk about bullying, and more specifically I want to talk about the differences between being mean, experiencing conflict, or either being a bully or being bullied, because there's just vast, vast differences between the two. But sometimes the inclination is there just to be like, oh my God, that thing happened to my kid, that person's a bully. Or, 
oh, wow, you know, this kid said that they're a bully. Um, but we can't, we can't bucket people like that. Really, we need to go a little bit deeper. And so that's the purpose of this podcast today. And, you know, going back to what I do for a living with my self-esteem through art program, I get inundated with inquiries about this. I get inundated with complaints about this. And, you know, I'm always being um, contacted by people who are looking to vent about how bullying has impacted their lives and the lives of their children. And I want to really start this podcast today by saying that bullying is a serious, serious thing. It's dangerous. It's serious. It should not be taken lightly. However, on the flip side of that, not everything is bullying. And so as far as we've gone with like the bullying buzzword and the bullying prevention and the bullying awareness, we've kind of also started to perpetuate this trend where we deem everything bullying and there's false bullying allegations coming out because it's such a big buzzword and because we're looking to give whatever is happening in our lives a meaning, right? So today I want to give you some clarity. I want to help dispel some myths and I want to help give you some resources. So what I do for a living with my self-esteem through our program is I don't consider my program like a bullying awareness program. And I'm certainly not one of those programs that comes you know, after the bullying has happened to try and rectify the situation. Sure, I can do that. But what I like to consider myself is kind of like a bullying prevention program. It's a self-awareness program. It's an add some tools to your life's toolkit program. It's a character education program, a social emotional learning program. It's art-based empowerment and what I aim to do is to give children and adults and corporations the tools that they need to survive and thrive in today's world, you know, especially in today's largely online world. So what I like to do is I like to help people to identify before things become an issue. So, you know, I'm like the antecedent, right? I, I'm hopefully preventing this behavior um, and so that's largely what I do. So you can tell I'm really wrapped up in this. I'm very passionate about it. Um, you know, I really do aim to make the world a better place. One kid, one adult, one class at a time. And, um, you know, part of that is again, awareness. Part of that is personal empowerment. Um, and you know, part of that is just really authenticity and accepting responsibility because a lot of time in bullying, there's a lot of blame. So let's buckle up for today and let's get started. So like I mentioned before, there's three buckets, right? And we can either categorize them as mean behavior or perhaps not even mean. Sometimes that's even a strong word, but insensitive behavior, conflict, and then bullying. And again, they're distinctly different. So let's go through them. Uh, one by one, and kind of talk about what they are and also what they are not. So mean behavior, we all have a tendency toward it. I don't think I'm speaking in this microphone to anyone who has gone their entire life without doing one mean thing, okay? And mean could be stepping on an ant on a sidewalk. You know, it could be saying something hurtful. We've all done something mean, okay? But mean behavior, it's occasional at best. And often it's uncharacteristic of the person 
the child, if you will, who is exhibiting it. So typically these people are great people. They're just having a moment. Okay. There may be intent where they're being mean on purpose. You know, they're sending a message or they want to convey an emotion. Um, but sometimes it's unintentional. Sometimes it's being honest without having manners in place. Sometimes it's an attempt at humor gone awry. So sarcasm or, um, you know, a, a different kind of sense of humor, dry or wry humor. And sometimes it's a way of dealing with something that the person may not yet have the tools to express themselves in a better, more um, socially appropriate way. So let's not forget that kids are just little adults, right? And they have bad days too. We have bad days. We have probably more bad days when we have kids because we absorb their bad days too, right? Their bad days become our bad days. We love them. We feel their pain and we want to do whatever we can to help. But just like us, when we have our bad days, they need an outlet. So they need to be able to identify an outlet for their feelings, their emotions, their behavior. So let's think about us for a second. Let's think about the adults, the heads of household. So there have definitely been times when you've had a bad day at work and maybe had nothing to do with your husband whatsoever or your wife. Um, but the second that person walks in the door, you just rip into them, right? You're frustrated. You're angry. You take all of your misplaced anger out on them. Okay. Think about the times you get road rage, right? You get frustrated behind the wheel. You're spewing bad language, hitting your horn. You know, maybe you're doing something worse, like trying to cause an accident. So, Kids do these kinds of things too, mostly not to that extent, but especially if they're witnessing you misplace your anger onto someone that doesn't deserve it, they might do that too, right? They're, we're getting, we're giving them the examples that they're taking out into the world. So kids also don't have a fully developed impulse control center in their brains. So sometimes things slip out before they can put a filter on it and they don't mean it but it's already out there in the world and they can't take it back. Um, so let's give some examples of maybe like a mean behavior. So let's say um, a student or a kid of your friends asks like, oh, do you like my new haircut? And your son or daughter says, no, I think it's ugly. I liked your other haircut better. Okay, filter is needed, but this behavior is mean at best. They're being honest. They're telling this person what they think. And this happens often. You know, I hate One Direction, so I hate your shirt. Um, I think Pokemon is stupid, and I hate your Pokemon cards. They're being honest, but they're just not doing it in a socially appropriate or kind way. So we need to help them with those tools. And I want to give an example of something that's similar to this. So one of my daughters, we were out, the whole family was out to dinner and we bumped into some friends of ours and um, their daughter is friends with our daughter. And we were just talking about things in general, people that we mutually knew. And this boy's name came up in the classroom. And so my daughter, without filter, blurted out, I hate him at the top of her lungs in the restaurant. Now, I was embarrassed, naturally, because I do my best to teach my kids, number one, not to say the word hate, and number two, if you have 
feelings like that, we try and express them at home first so that I can help them express them in a more appropriate way out in public. So she didn't mean it. And once we got home and we had a discussion about it, despite the fact that we were horrified by her behavior, she was upset over something that this child had done to her. And so her way of expressing that was to blurt out, she hates him. But once we helped her to understand that maybe the friend and the friend's family that she expressed this to really liked this kid, like it just wasn't a good way to handle her emotions at the time. So we gave her better tools to handle that in the future. You know, hopefully it's sunk in and this kind of thing won't happen again. So, but neither one of those situations is bullying, nor are they conflict. They're just perfect ways to provide a teachable moment to your kids, right? To help them express themselves better in the future. So that's being mean. And there's a million other examples, but for the sake of brevity, we're going to move on to conflict. So one step escalated from just someone being mean to you is conflict. Now, conflict can be uncomfortable for all those involved, but it actually is kind of a normal part of life. There is always going to be someone you disagree with, whether it be someone you disagree with silently or someone you disagree with vehemently. Um, There are always going to be people that have opposing views. There are always going to be people that you just really don't gel with, that you just don't like. So conflict, while uncomfortable, is kind of a normal part of life. And my perspective as a parent and as an educator is that we need to help our kids be taught how to deal with it not intervene for them all of the time and deal with it for them. We need to help them gather the tools that they need to successfully navigate their way through conflict. It's a major life skill. It's one that I personally don't feel like is being taught as well as it could be. I feel like this should be taught in all schools. Um, But we need to help kids with their conflict resolution skills instead of just helicoptering over them and swooping in at the rescue. So what happens sometimes is, you know, I talk about helicoptering. We talk about helicopter parents. They jump right in. And if their child has a conflict, there's an immediate call to the principal, right? They haven't tried to hear the other person's side of the story. They haven't done any investigating. It's just an impulse reaction, right? I'm going to call the parents. I'm going to send a nasty note to the teacher. You know, I'm going to call the coach, whatever it might be. Um, But my feeling is that a better use of your time and energy would be to help teach your child how to deal with conflict in a mature and appropriate fashion. So it's our responsibility. We're you know, giving them wings while they're in the nest, we need to send them out. Their elementary school and their middle school and their high school conflicts will not be the last conflicts they have. They will experience them in the working world. They will experience them in their adult relationships and their marriages. Um, I don't personally believe that any relationship is perfect. So we need to learn how to deal with this, you know, as one human race in a way that is uh, mutually beneficial, really, is what it comes down to. So conflict where, again, uncomfortable, awkward, sometimes, you know, angry or heated. It's a normal part of life, but it is not bullying. And I can't tell you how many emails I get about people who are just experiencing life's conflicts, but they want to deem one or both parties a bully. So Some details about a conflict. 
In conflict situations, both people possess equal power in the relationship. So there's not an imbalance of power. There's not an aggressor, an aggressee. They're equally balanced. They're two people just experiencing a difference of opinion of some sort. So both people may or may not be emotional or angry or upset, but nobody is seeking to have the upper hand in power or to gain additional attention. They just simply disagree about something. After a conflict, if the situation is in fact a conflict, one or both parties usually feels remorse for what's happened and they'll seek to rectify the situation and move on in a way that's best and mutually beneficial for the relationship. So conflict, again, it happens occasionally and it's usually not serious or emotionally damaging. So an example of conflict, I mean, I see this all the time as an adult, and I've certainly engaged in some conflicts of my own as an adult. Um, think about the heated family debates at the holidays over politics or religion, right? The, the Democrat versus the Republican arguments, those are conflicts. And, you know, each person's trying to be heard, but they're not trying to exercise power over that other person, um, where a kid is concerned, you know, I see them on the sports field, like, oh, you screwed up that play. You know, we lost the game because of you. And then it's a back and forth. Well, hey, if you didn't screw up that play in the first half, you know, we would have been up by four points then or, you know, what have you. It's a conflict. Um, sometimes it happens over possessions. You know, that was my... Um, that was my Nintendo video or my Nintendo um, game. No, it's not. It was mine. My parent bought it for me. They both feel bad afterwards. They rectify it. The game goes back to its rightful owner. Conflict, right? Kids taking turns. You went first in the kickball game last time. No, I didn't. You know, you're a big jerk. Okay, it's a conflict. Afterwards, they feel bad. They move on and, you know, they go play on the monkey bars. Um for teens, you know, maybe it's a disagreement over which mall to go to or what movie is better or, you know, which house is the coolest house to sleep at. You know, little things, which boy is the cutest and then you get in a heated argument, um, you know, which band you like or don't like. So as a parent, you know, when your kid is upset or your kid's hurting or your kid's frustrated, I understand that the temptation to get overly involved is there. I get it, right? Like you want to rescue, you want to save, you want to heal, but give your kids tools instead. So instead of taking over, give them tools, dig a little deeper, um, give advice, give strategies for dealing with these kinds of things. They will be so much better for it in the long run. Um, you know, some examples of this is, you know, talk to your child. I know you're angry or mad or upset. Do you think you'll be able to forgive and move on? Yes or no, you take the next step from there. Teach them how to pay attention to the energy around them and how it makes them feel. So if a conflict appears to be an ongoing thing, you know, this friendship or this relationship or this team may not be the best thing for them. Um, I know parents who pay a lot of money to have their kids play what's deemed as quote unquote elite for elite sports teams, right? Like, you know, the club teams and the AAU teams. And I know parents in one team in particular, they're paying over, I think, $1,200 for their child to play basketball. And the team is just full of egos and it's bad energy and the parents leave feeling bad and the kid doesn't get any playing time. And it's just a really bad situation. Help them identify that energy and then help them find a better situation instead of, you know, blaming the team or the coach or what have you. Um, 
have your kids, and this is really, really important, have them identify what characteristics are important to them in friendship. So what's important to them? Is loyalty important to them? Is a sense of humor important to them? Um, is unconditional love important to them? Help them identify those things and then make sure that they're also walking the walk, right? Because you can't have something in friendship if you're not giving that some, something in friendship. That's a really important thing to remember. Um, there's some really good books on this topic, and I'll put them in the extended show notes, but um, you know, I, I think that might be for, helpful for some people. Um, important things when thinking about conflict is that it takes two to tango. Okay, where in being mean, it's usually one person's being mean to someone else. Sometimes the other person's mean back, but there's usually one person who kind of started the ball rolling um, and then it's over. In bullying, it's always one person or a group of people targeting another. But in conflict, it takes two to tango. You can't argue, you know, just with yourself, right? So if the other person's un unwilling to participate, there's no conflict. Um, again, it's a normal part of life. You're not going to like or agree with everyone 100% of the time. Um, and kids need to learn how to cope with it and deal with it and move on from it so it doesn't escalate. So in today's day and time, you know, um, a very innocent conflict in a classroom can quickly escalate to an online um, conflict or an online bullying situation outside of the classroom. So have some rules with your kid, um, you know, about gossiping and talking about other people and that kind of thing. I have a saying when I'm teaching, uh, we actually run whole curriculums around this saying and we have group discussions, group chats, and we do projects around it. And, um, I tell my own daughters it constantly as a reminder um, I should make a sign of it and actually put it up in my house, but I haven't gone there yet. We haven't really needed to. But um, the saying is, is if you didn't see it with your own eyes or hear it with your own ears, then don't talk about it with your big mouth. It's a really good rule of thumb. It helps kind of nip things in the bud. So that's conflict. Um, again, conflict doesn't usually require intervention or getting in touch with the administration, it's usually resolvable on its own. Um, certainly if you're giving kids the tools they need. Um, now on to bullying. So where conflict is considered a rite of passage in life and, you know, it, it can be a constant in the sense that you will experience multiple conflicts over the course of your life, whether it's with a friend or a business associate or a spouse, um, or a family member, um, bullying is not a rite of passage. So bullying, um, it's not okay. Um, and you know, like I said before, it's a massive buzzword. We definitely seem to want to identify anyone and everyone who's ever wronged someone, a bully, but that would be not good and it would be egregious. And, um, I caution anyone against just automatically assuming Bullying is a serious business. Um, I work with people who have lived this firsthand, people who have lost children, um, and it shouldn't be minimized at all. So, you know, like I said before, I started this self-esteem through art business to work with kids and adults before the situations and the life 
challenges escalate to bullying. So a couple things of bu- about bullying. So bullying is an act of ego and self-esteem on the other hand is kind of like the ego's Achilles heel. So if you have increased and sturdy and rooted self-esteem, there are typically lower instances of bullying, both as the bully and as the person who's being bullied. So what I'm doing with my programs and with these podcasts, hopefully, and with, you know, the places that I travel for work is I'm aiming to put tools in kids' toolkits to wipe out bullying on the front end. So to stop it before it starts and to help build kids up so they don't have to tear other kids down. Um, You know, this is a mindset shift and um, it's really, really tough, tough work. Uh, But, you know, it's something that I believe in very strongly. Now, quick side note, um, I don't want to get off track too much, but I just want to put it out there and make a reminder that just as bullying is really serious business and, you know, it can damage someone for their entire life. There's no doubt about that. Um, But false accusations of bullying are equally as damaging. Okay. So a false bullying accusation in my mind is like a false rape accusation. It's unacceptable. And it is also potentially life altering and life damaging for the recipient. So we have to be careful of that. Um, So in bullying, let's go over some specifics of bullying because we've done it for the other two in the uh, the other two buckets. So in bullying, there's an imbalance of power. So in conflict where both people had equal power, they were equal participants, the scales were weighted evenly in their favor. In bullying, there's an imbalance of power. So the scale is heavily weighted in one person's favor and not in the other person's favor. Um, there is an intent with bullying. So the, there are deliberate actions or deliberate um, things that are said with the intention of hurting someone or insulting someone or threatening someone. Um, conflict and being mean, like I said, are maybe one-off events or maybe it happens a couple times. If people are particularly close, you know, sometimes... The more time you spend with someone, the more arguments you might have or the more conflict you have. Um, Why do you think so many marriages end in divorce? But um, for a bully, they're exerting power repeatedly. So this is an ongoing thing, and it's either, you know, by intimidation or insults or threats. You know, uh, we know it. I'm going to kick your ass. Like, you know, don't come here. Um, I'm going to tell everyone you're a slut. You know, things like that. So... A one-time instance, even if it's bad language and, you know, things are said that people don't mean, is better characterized as a conflict, right? That one-time fight where you said some really heated and hurtful things to a friend, but then you make up and you kiss and you accept responsibility afterwards, that's better characterized as conflict. But with bullying, it's repeated, ongoing, 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 and then there's the threat of serious or emotional harm, whether implied or actual, Um, typically, and this is something to, um, keep in mind, you know, especially, um, in a bullying situation is bullies, they exhibit very little emotional reaction and definitely don't express remorse. So like I mentioned before, bullying is an ego based act. And when you have a very high, very strong ego, you don't exactly score high in manners of empathy and compassion 
So you won't feel sorry for what you did. You'll feel like it was justified somehow. Um, so in this case, the, you know, the bullies are exhibiting very little emotion, but the target is visibly upset. So a bully, um, also won't offer up much in the way of remorse or try and resolve anything. Um, blame is a huge part of a bully's MO. So if you, um, have a kid or know a kid or an adult, um, or a boss who, blames things as part of their MO and they don't really accept responsibility for their actions. You know, I did this because they made me do it, dot, dot, dot. It's not my fault, blah, blah, blah. So all of these things are excuses and should be like little red flags, right? Just kind of put it in the back of your mind or put it in the forefront of your mind if it's serious enough. Um, and make note of that because it's definitely a character trait. Um, the cause is, um, they're using, let me figure out how to say this the best. Okay. So a bully is using a cause as an injustifiable and invalid excuse for their horrible actions. Right? So that person looked at me wrong. So I totally defamed them on the internet. Um, you know, that, girl rejected me. So I told all my friends she was a slut, you know, like things like that. There's, there's a cause and they seem to think that it's valid and justified. Um, but it's not, um, bullies don't negotiate, they blame. So if you've ever encountered a bully, they're not willing to negotiate with you. They're trying to blame you for the things they are doing. Um, you know, I think I mentioned, you know, certainly I, there's something on my website about it, you know, talking about, um, you know, my father and my upbringing. And he was kind of a bully and he never took responsibility for what he did. So all of the things he said, all of the acts that he took against, um, you know, my family, he thought they were justified because something had happened to him first, right? So bullies don't negotiate, they blame. That's a huge red flag. Um, couple examples of bullying behavior, right? So you don't just call someone a name, right? So if I don't like you, I just don't say you're a jerk, but I say you're a jerk and then I tell 26 friends that you're a jerk, and then I want them to also start calling you a jerk. So I either threaten them, or I negotiate with them, or I rationale with them that they're going to be on my side, quote unquote, and we're going to keep doing this over and over and over again. We're going to beat this person down, right? That's kind of bullying. Cyberbullying. Let's touch on that for a second. So it's really like the worst kind of bullying. Like, I remember being a kid, right, and the, like, let's meet at the corner at 3 o'clock, no teachers, and you just beat the tar out of each other, and then it was over, right? Like, that's the kind of bullying that, you know, I mean, you do want to deal with it, but you kind of know what to expect, right? Cyberbullying, you don't know what to expect, right? And um, it's just not two friends fighting in a text message or two kids beating the snot out of each other in the front yard. Like this is repeated behavior, mostly anonymous usually, or under like a code name or disguising yourself as someone else, um, with the intent of inflicting really maximum harm and embarrassment. Um, it's a really awful, awful thing. Um, little side note about cyberbullying is that, um, be cautious of parents getting in on the action and acting as the bullies on behalf of their children. 
So this, there's actually a technical name for this. It's called catfishing. And um, it really started to become known and gain um, a little bit more awareness. Like, I think it was around 2006. So it's been a while. But, you know, it's kind of defined as creating a false online identity with the intention of pursuing deceptive acts. So I, I think it was 2006, but I remember an example. Um, it was, you know, all over the news, and it was before I launched this program, but for some reason this sticks out in my head. But there was a mother, and I forget where it was in the United States, but the mother was assuming a false online identity with the intention of spying on her daughter's former friend. So she wanted to make sure the friend wasn't talking crap about her daughter. So she set up this online account pretending to be this boy that they both knew. And so her daughter's friend, she, this, you know, mother posing as the boy asked the daughter's friend out online. They chatted for a long time, like quote unquote dated. They were 13. So dating now means, you know, we text a lot. Um, and then the mother posing as the boy broke up with her and then started telling everyone that, you know, she was a slut and all of this stuff. And this really escalated into this behavior. And um, the mother was incarcerated for it. So they found out it was her. She was incarcerated. Um, so there's examples like that. I, I think there was even a movie about it. But in any event, um, you know, it, it's funny because I actually feel like I may know someone who did this. Um, so a person who, you know, sort of spent time um, acting on their daughter's behalf, uh, with the intent of hurting other people, um, can't prove it, but I have my suspicions and I'm typically a pretty good judge of character. So watch out for that. Um, it's never okay. And actually I, I'm pretty sure it's like a felony to create a false identity, to humiliate or threaten someone else online. So, um, you know, encourage your kids to never, ever do that. Um, so, Cyberbullying, I mean, really nasty in the way that it has the ability to go viral in a way that in-person bullying can't. So when fists are flying, like I said, that's usually it. And then maybe people talk about it and it perpetuates that way, like through the rumor mill. But online bullying, it just has the ability to just take off and completely escalate. And um, it's just, it's not okay. So I think, you know, as a parent... And as an educator and as someone who's, you know, certified in self-esteem elevation, I, I identify from my childhood more with the getting beat up on the playground, right? Or someone stealing your lunch money. Like those were the kinds of things that kids did, you know, way back when, um, you know, and they would say things and spread rumors too, but you know, it was, it was more upfront because they had to be more upfront because there wasn't the internet. Um, so the 21st century versions of bullying manifest themselves um, in a lot of different ways. So I really encourage parents to get educated, um, to read material if you have to, to visit websites um, that are reputable, to learn more about this and more about how you can not only educate your children, but also help them if you need to. So like we've done with the other two buckets, let's go into some examples of what is bullying and what isn't bullying. Okay. So a one-time argument, regardless of how heated it is, is not bullying. Okay, people argue all of the time. And yes, I understand that it's hurtful and I understand that, you know, kids can be affected by this and it can impact them, um, but it's not bullying. 
So let's call it what it is. It's conflict. Okay. On the other hand, kids spreading rumors and getting people to take their side and ruining someone else's reputation online, that can be classified as bullying. Okay. Um, and I say that can be classified instead of just straight up saying it's bullying because sometimes you need to dig a little deeper, right? Not all bullying is cut and dry. Um, when I was a kid, so we'll go back again, you know, way back when to my childhood before wheels were invented and <laughs> when I was older than dirt. And um, I remember being on a bus for a school field trip and this big oaf who was, he was notoriously mean. I mean, I, I imagine he had a relatively miserable home life. Um, you know, looking back, that's the vibe that I got. He was just this miserable kid. He was looking for an outlet. He was looking for people to like him. And I remember him coming up and pinning me down on the school bus. And he gave me an Indian sunburn on my arm that was so bad that it didn't heal for probably months. It was a one-time incident. Never came near me again. You know, he was looking for some yucks from his friends. That wasn't bullying. It just, it wasn't. It was, it was mean. Um, it wasn't even conflict because I didn't participate. Um, but it wasn't bullying. Um, However, on the bus ride home every day from school, there was one kid who could be classified as kind of a nerd, and um, he used to get absolutely tortured by this group of boys. Like, every single day on the way home, this kid would just, I mean, I, it was awful. Um, you know, they'd give him wedgies. They'd get off at his bus stop and you know, hit him and knock his backpack off his back and call him names. And, you know, they just taunted him, taunted him, taunted him. That was bullying. It was repeated. Um, the kid didn't stand up for himself. And, you know, it was eventually we were, it wasn't even a school bus. Like I went to school in the city. So it was an MBTA, like public transportation bus. The bus drivers never did anything about it. It was just this really awful thing. And um, eventually, you know, a group of kids, and I, I unfortunately can't even say I was one of the group of kids, like I just tried to tune it out, um, which was wrong on my part, but people eventually clued the school into what was happening, and they took care of it. But I, I mean, I think about this kid often, and I genuinely hope he's okay. Like, I hope he's bounced back. I hope he makes a gajillion dollars, you know, has a beautiful family. I hope he's channeled all of that abuse into something positive and made a difference in the world, um, instead of keeping the cycle going. But, you know, my heart, my heart breaks for that kid. And, um, you know, I wish I could have done more when I was, or I wish I chose to do more cause I could have, I wish I chose to do more when I was younger to help him out. Um, so another example. So deciding, and this is a big one because I have parents come to me all the time about this. Um, so-and-so used to hang out with my kid and they don't anymore. They're a bully. No, they're not. Okay. Deciding that a friendship or a relationship or a certain group of people is not good for you anymore is not bullying. It's self-preservation. It's not bullying. Um, Personally, I teach my kids how to stay away from people who don't make them feel good or people that want them to be someone they're not or people that just drain them with their negative energy and their negative vibe and their negative thoughts. Like I encourage my people not to invite, I encourage my children, sorry, not to encourage these people to be a part of their life because I know that it's not good for them. Um, but I encourage them to do it in a way that is appropriate and acceptable, right? Right. 
Um, so deciding that someone is no longer good for you or breaking up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend is not bullying. Okay. It again is self-preservation. It's identifying what you want in a relationship and it's taking action to put more positive things in your life. However, okay. Walking away from a relationship and then threatening others to join you with the intent of excluding someone or hurting them, that could be perceived as bullying, okay? But that's, I'm going to put an asterisk here. If you are not a nice person and people are starting to catch on and they don't want to be a part of you, you might have just been discovered and that's not bullying, Okay, so even though there may have been like a mass exodus from your social circle, if you're not a nice person and people are identifying you as someone who's not trustworthy or not kind or not um, positive or upbeat or worthy of their time and energy, that's a personal decision. It's not bullying. Okay, Um, online, I see it all the time, right? Like people will have like discussions on their Facebook wall, like back and forth, right? Like, um, you know, this new game is so rad. No, it's not. It's stupid. Oh my God, you're such a jerk, right? Like minimal, not very harmful stuff. That is not bullying, even though it took place online. Is a conflict? Yes. Okay. They're having a disagreement. They're having a very public discussion about two sides of a coin, but it's not bullying. But if you're repeatedly pretending to be someone you're not, or you're manipulating, or you're spreading rumors, or you're taunting, or you're ruining someone's reputation, um, that can be more classified as bullying, right? So if that it's a widespread event, um, and you're deliberately concealing your identity with the intent of hurting someone else, that's bullying. Um, so we've kind of covered the three buckets, gone over a little bit of what is, what isn't, um, you know, a little bit, little bit of how to manage it. We'll get into more of that now, but, um, I'm sure the question at this point is like, well, what can I do? Right. What, what can I do to help or to educate? Um, my first piece of advice is to ask questions. Okay. Don't automatically jump the horn. Don't automatically lunge. Don't automatically identify someone as something they're not. Ask questions. Ask deep, clarifying questions, okay? Um, Become an expert, okay? This is an ever-changing field. It's an ever-changing subject. Um, Become an expert on bullying, on conflict, on cyberbullying. These are tough and complex problems, and there's so, so much detail to consider in each case. You know, who's involved? How do they know each other? What kind of relationship do they have? Have there been problems in the past? Um, you know, is what they're doing violating a school policy? Um, and I know that sometimes the inclination is there to think that all bullying in- incidents are the same, right? We want to believe that it's this mean kid who's a jerk to a totally innocent kid, and that totally innocent kid suffers as a result. But the truth is, is that every case is unique and complicated in its own way, and we can't automatically make assumptions. So sometimes the misconceptions and the lack of understanding, it makes it harder to come up with real solutions. So becoming an expert will help you correct these false assumptions and help broaden people's understanding of it so that you can help nip a problem in the bud before it maybe really even becomes a problem. Um, Speaking of assumptions, before you make assumptions, please keep in mind that, you know, 
quote unquote perceptions of bullying can be inaccurate or overblown. So like really proceed with caution before you label someone, someone as a bully. Like, you know, I just said, every case is different. You need to dig a little bit deeper. You need to investigate. Um, you know, I encourage everybody. Um, I don't care how many hours you work a week. I don't care, you know, what your marital status is. You know, if you have kids, be a constant present, constant presence in your kids' lives, both in person and online. You know, take the time to sit with them, to have dinner with them, to ask questions that are deep and meaningful, not just yes or no questions where they can blow you off. Um, if they're online and they have accounts, follow them online. Be in their phone, be in their iPod, be on their computer, dig deep, investigate, watch what they're doing. It's your job to be a watchdog until they are old enough and responsible enough to handle all of this on their own. Um, these are tools that, that they're such a part of the social um, climate right now, you know, certainly in first world countries and developed nations, but it's not something that kids are inherently able to deal with, right? They just, they don't have the tools yet. They don't have the impulse control um, to handle a lot of this stuff. So you need to be there. You need to be a constant, constant presence. Yes. Is it exhausting? Yes. I mean, I comment all the time to my husband, like, okay, well, that's 45 minutes that I'll never get back, you know, as I was checking my daughter's text messages. But it clues you in. It clues you into who they are. It clues you into who their friends are. It helps you help them. So be there. Um, be aware, parents and kids, please, of anonymous sites that promote bullying and aggressive behavior. They pop up. They're, I mean, they're, like, cropping up every day. Um, and I don't really understand the reason for it. I mean, they don't appear to have any benefit. There's just a whole lot of negative to it. So be well-informed on these sites and know what they're about and have the courage to say no. Have the courage to say no to your kid. No, I'm sorry, you're not ready for that yet. Yep, I know everyone else has it, but I don't care. Um, if you're a kid, have the courage to stand up and say, you know what, I'm not really cool with that. I just see it as an accident waiting to happen. Um, I'll go into more detail about this on my show notes over on my genpipe.com website. Um, but for now, let me just give you some, e some names of these sites and maybe you want to look them up on your own too. Or maybe you know that your kid has them and you want to start digging and see what they're up to on there. Um, so there's sites like ask.fm could potentially be the most horrific site I've ever seen in my life. Um, the school that I work at, there were some cases last year of uh, kids going on there anonymous, anonymously and, and basically saying, like, I hope so-and-so commits suicide. Like, it, I mean, it's, it's such a terrible, disgusting website. Um, I don't allow my kids on it, and I don't think I ever will. Um, Snapchat, uh, another one that I just say no to. Um, Instagram, you know, I love the artistic side of Instagram. I love when kids do things like I follow a, a teenager who is such an amazing artist and she blows my mind with the way she can draw and the way she captures the world around her. Um, and my daughter will often, you know, take my phone and look at her account just to see what she's up to. And, you know, she's inspiring. Um, I can't stand Instagram for all the selfies and the half-dressed pictures and, you know, all that ridiculousness, what food you ate, how many times you went to Starbucks. Like, nobody cares. Like, you start using the internet for good, all right? Can we just do that? Can we all agree to just do that? Um, so there's a downside to Instagram where I like it for me, and, you know, I think that there are some people that use it for, for good. 
Um, Yik Yak, another anonymous site, um, designed to be a school site for campuses and stuff, but also becoming a problem because people can post anonymously. Kick is a texting um, app. Vine is a video app. Um, then there's, you know, the standbys like Facebook and Twitter, right? Those can also be problematic. Um, anonymous, create a username, you know, spread your poison in your comments and your posts and stuff. Um, it's unfortunate, but unfortunately not all these sites are being used the way they were intended. Um, another tip is to encourage your kids to ask questions in person. So, you know, I've had people come to me before like, oh, well, I flipped out because, you know, Susie was sending these text messages to my, my son. Um, I got news for you. Sometimes people set up fake accounts and it's called ghosting and they can m make something look like it came from Susie, but it really didn't. So um, you need to contact your phone provider. They have records of where the calls are actually coming and going from. And then encourage your kids to actually call this person. Like, especially if this is really uncharacteristic behavior from someone that's in your child's life, encourage them to call or to talk to them in person and say, hey, you know what? I got these text messages from you. What's that all about? Give them the opportunity to tell you that they didn't because maybe they didn't. Um, so just be aware of that. You know, bullies in particular, they like to perpetuate this thing, like to pit people against each other. So don't always jump the gun. Um, for kids, like kids in particular, enroll the help of a trusted administrator or an adult. If you feel like you're in a situation you can't handle, you know, ask someone for help, ask for guidance, ask what to do. Don't keep it in. Don't pretend it's not happening. Don't be silent. Go to someone, talk to them, let them know, um, whether you're the bully or the bullied, like talk to someone, have them help you figure it out. Um, one thing is don't jump on the bullying bandwagon and label people without merit. Um, it's not fair to the person you're accusing. Like I just gave that um, instance about fake text messages coming across. Um, so it's not fair to the person you're accusing. You could ultimately damage a relationship that wasn't broken to begin with. Um, but not only that, you could face a lawsuit. You could face a slander suit in court. Um, and there's many, many cases being awarded um, to people who are falsely accused of bullying. So you really need to be clear on what you're doing and how far um, you're willing to go with your accusations and whether or not there's any merit to begin with. Um, you know, non-bullies don't like to be called bullies, just like non-rapists don't like to be called rapists. So you, you got to be careful, okay? A um, couple things, a couple warning signs that I want to clue parents into um, and clue kids into because maybe you want to be able to help a friend is... If you're being bullied, so if someone is being bullied, some signs are they might have unexplained cuts and bruises, right? Un unexplained physical ailments that they're presenting with. Um, and then they might give you a fake excuse for it. Um, a loss of possessions. Oh, I don't know where my iPod went. Oh, yeah, I can't find my phone. No, I don't know what happened to that 50 bucks you gave me, right? So they're, they're losing things for no reason and with increasing frequency, um, they might experience frequent headaches or feeling sick um, without actually presenting as a sickness, right? They just have these feelings, but they don't actually physically vomit or have diarrhea. Um, there's no virus. Um, a change in eating habits. Maybe they don't eat anymore, or maybe they're overeating, right, to compensate, um, provide some comfort. Um, decreased sleep and increase in nightmares. 
um, lower grades and not wanting to go to school, just to, you know, that general, like, I don't want to be here. Um, a sudden loss of friends or an avoidance of social situations. So someone who's typically very social all of a sudden doesn't want to leave the house. Um, and then there's, you know, the most severe cases, which is like talk of suicide. Um, caveat for this, serious distress should never be ignored and you should get help right away. Like don't wait for things to get worse, you know, take, take care of it. Go talk to a pediatrician or a trusted person or an administrator at the school. Um, signs that someone might be bullying others. Um, lots of physical or ver and or verbal fights, so repeated instances of getting in fights, um, repeated inst instances of verbal assault. Um, friends hanging around with a group of friends who are known to bully others. So, you know, all of a sudden they're in this crowd that has that behavior. Um, an increase in aggression. So maybe they're expressing aggressive behavior at home now where they never did before. Maybe they were pretty passive. Um, lots of trips to the principal's office or detentions. Um, and also an unexplained acquisition of money or belongings that they didn't have. Oh, so-and-so gave me this iPod. Oh, yeah, this person didn't want their phone anymore, so they gave it to me. Oh, I just, you know, uh, so-and-so didn't want their brand-new Nike sneakers anymore, so they said I could have them. Their parents got them something new. So if they start coming home with things that they have no business having, you might want to chalk that up as something you need to investigate. Um, constantly blaming others for his or her problems. We've already talked about that. Bullies are expert blamers, and they will do anything to get you to take their side. Um, not ever accepting responsibility for their actions, right? We already talked about that too. Like, um, you know, I did this because uh, I'm paying them back, you know, whatever. Um, super competitive, You're, you know, your child might be super competitive and worried about their reputation or the popularity. Like, they're never going to take this away from me. Like, I'm going to be at the top of the food chain forever. I'll show them. Um, so those are some signs to look for. You know, in closing, I hope, you know, I'm, my intent is not to minimize bullying at all. My intent is to give you an awareness of the bigger picture because more often than not, things aren't bullying. There's something else, right? Um, and you don't want to manifest bullying in your reaction. So, but bullying is a serious, serious topic, but it's not always cut and dry. Um, I truly hope, again, this has been such a lengthy podcast, but I felt like it was important and relevant. I hope it's been helpful for you. I just want to give you a footnote that this is in no way meant as a substitute for medical or legal advice. Like you have to do what's best in the situation that you're facing. Um, so please, you know, this is not a substitute for that. It's meant to complement any advice you get. It's meant to help you before you're in this situation. Like that's what, again, that's what self-esteem through art is all about. Um, so many tools exist for these kinds of things. Um, I'm, I'll put them in my extended show notes. You know, there's books you can read, there's websites you can visit. Um, I don't really want to make this any longer right now. So I'll put those in my extended show notes. Um, you know, just a reminder, I'm a storyteller, I'm an artist and I am an empowerer for hire. Um, I believe that being fearless can be fun and, being aware and authentic can be awesome. And collaboration combined with creativity can be cathartic. So if you want to learn any more about this or any more about bullying or any more about what I do or you want to hire me as a speaker for your school or your business, head on over to genpipe.com and click on the services menu. You'll find a bunch of information there. Um, you know, until next time, I'm going to wrap this up. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to leave them in the comments section below. 
um, would love for you to start passing this information around the internet. I think more people need to hear it. So feel free to share the podcast. Um, and until next time, I want you to keep laughing, loving, and learning. I'll catch you either in class or over on genpipe.com. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Arete Today. As always, Jen has put together some engaging additional content in the show notes at genpipe.com. That's where the conversation will continue. So click on the blog, stay connected, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Until next time, keep laughing, loving, and learning. And we hope to see you in one of Jen's upcoming classes or workshops.